Hey, great podcast today. Something you're not going to hear anywhere else. Uh, the real news of the day. What we do about it. Also, Dan Bongino is on. Andy No is on. Uh, and the leading scholar on the um, concentration camps, the Holocaust, and eugenics. He needs to correct some people like Jake Tapper. Uh, who came out against me and calling me an idiot and an anti-Semite, which I was only quoting Edwin Black. Uh, and that's pretty hard to make him into an anti-Semite, uh, seeing that his parents escaped from Treblinka and the death train. Uh, and he's Jewish, and I don't think he's a moron. Find out yourself all on today's podcast. large the post-millennial author unmasked and uh this is the reaction play the audio from uh antifa in portland stop selling andy no's book okay the manager came out and stop said you're on private property you can't really be here blah 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 like antifa cares about that uh, and the bookstore has decided not to sell Andy No's book. I hope we sell a ton of his book right now, uh, Unmasked by Andy No. Andy, how are you, sir? I'm doing okay. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> you, have, you have had quite a year. I have. Uh, speaking of 2020 and just even the past uh, 12 days until... 2021 um i think my my heart is really grieving for the united states seeing um all these people now coming out to condemn the political violence that happened at the capitol which uh, we all I, do my, which we, we all, all do. do and we and we should my response is uh, where the hell were you last year yes when thousands of rioters lay siege to um, my city, uh, when they tried to burn down federal property, federal courthouse, thousands of them came with explosives. They came with starting fires, uh, electric power tools to cut into the building. I mean, the response that time from those who are uh, crowing the loudest now was at best silence. And in, in the worst cases, like in the case of um, Kamala Harris, actually tweeting out um, links for crowdfunding for bail funds for yeah. people accused of really heinous riot crime. I mean, can you imagine if if I or you or Rush Limbaugh or anybody came out and said, hey, there's a fund here to help get these guys out of jail. You know, the worst of the worst, the ones that were in with, you know, they were going to arrest Mike Pence. C- can you imagine what would happen? Well, I mean, we, we we don't even have to, like, really speculate. You can see yeah. that the big tech mobilizes to work with the far left to silence people. And that's why disgrace uh, New York Times reporter Sarah Jong has been calling for me to be permanently banned from Twitter. They feel really empowered by uh, Trump being silenced everywhere. Um, Antifa extremists feel empowered to attack Portland's largest bookstore for the past two days. They actually forced the bookstore to shut down in downtown because they're coming in and making all these demands that they're not doing enough to ban my book. 
it's not enough that the store has uh, already acquiesced and said they're not going to stock it on yes. shelves. Uh, the people don't want it on the online catalog either. Andy, um, first of all, l- l- let's talk about your book because I want to give you the time to sell as many copies as possible. So tell me about the book first, and then I want to talk to you about what do we do? So let's talk about the book first. Unmask is the, the, what I've been working on now um, to try to uncover what is this violent extremist movement who uses various names, uh, most commonly Antifa. Some of them are more deceptive and use and call themselves other things. But we, all of them have the stated agenda and goal of destabilizing the republic and actually overthrowing it if you look at their literature. Mm-hmm. And what was really shocking and fascinating watching in real time, particularly living in Portland and also going up to Seattle, was how they were actually able at times to claim territory as sovereign territory separate from the United States and that the local governments actually allowed, allowed them to do that and in many ways facilitated the means for that to happen. In the case of Seattle, that Chaz, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, led to uh, multiple homicides, shootings, Portland also had an autonomous zone that was set up. Over and over, we're seeing the same variables that have allowed for this movement to become a phenomenon, a growing one, ascendant one. These variables are remaining, even with the incoming administration. And just with, uh, we're early into 2021, but we can see Actually, they seem quite empowered. We've had now four riots in Portland since New Year's Eve alone. We had a riot on the same day that the Capitol Hill riot happened, and that received no attention when these extremists were using many of the same tactics, Mm -hmm. trying to break into uh, government property. And, um, I mean, it's the book is revealing sort of this whole apparatus and how it works and how they're so effective. And it helps to dispel some of these myths, like thinking that there's one big person on top pulling the lever that, or that they are right. funded um, by rich uh, billionaires. It's not. Actually, they're organizing and funding and sources of money uh, laundering. It's happening in plain sight with the aid of big tech. Um, and they do it openly on, on platforms like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And they face really no bannings at all. Uh, we're talking to Andy No, the uh, book that you need to buy. Do not buy a digital copy, buy a hardbound copy. It's called Unmasked Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. Um, it, 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 it has to bother you um, that the word sedition uh, and revolutionary or uh, anti-government is being thrown around by people who I do believe committed sedition uh, last Wednesday. They were trying to uh, topple the the organized government um, and take things into their own hands. But Antifa has a very long record. I mean, it is in their own manifestos that I mean, they took to the streets and declared sovereign property, as you just said, away from the United States. It must sincerely bother you that no one is willing to call them seditious on the left and in the media and in Washington. Well, not only are they not willing to call them seditious, they'll actually will praise them, lavish praise on them, actually. 
and even those um, and they and they protect them actually. And one of the reasons why Antifa in Portland has been working overdrive to get try to get my book banned and to threaten businesses that would sell it is because I've been very systematic in chronicling the arrests that have happened in Portland. Fortunately, it's still accessible as public record, but the mugshots that I've been releasing, the charges, the names, over 90% of them get charged. Uh, excuse me, over 90% of them get the charges dropped. Um, this is a corrupt system we have in Portland, and the local media doesn't release the names and photos of those accused of these crimes. Mm. Uh, whereas, you know, you look at the disparate treatment of um, those who uh, were on Capitol were, Hill. Uh, yeah, correct, I mean, they, you know, like, They're going after no fly lists now, which exactly. why, why can't if you're going to do that, you have to do that for Antifa. But they won't. They won't. Um, Andy, uh, the mayor of Portland came out, uh, oh, I think, a week or two ago and said enough is enough and we've got to get tough on Antifa. Uh, I don't even know if he's sincere in that or what, but what I really think that the people uh, at Antifa, they think that they are in charge and running things. But I truly believe the Democrats are going to treat them eventually like Hitler did the SD or the SA. They they were marching in the streets. They were brutalizing people. They were the thugs that got things to be pushed through the chaos on the streets. And when their job was no longer useful, he killed them all. Mm. So I think the Democrats are playing a dangerous game in that they don't really realize what people they're embracing indirectly uh, as allies. Um, I think in the case of, so you, let's look at Portland and Seattle, uh, the Portland mayor, the Seattle mayor viewed well, yes, Antifa is radical, but they're uh, rioting in the name of racial justice and social justice. Therefore, let's give them a bit of space to do that. And, well, they flex their hand and they actually claim territory and cause people to actually die. Uh, in the case of Portland, the mayor is coming out a little bit harsher now. But let's not forget that since he came into office at the beginning of 2017, it was under his watch that this movement exploded in Portland, that this movement turned Portland into the epicenter of American far left violence. So I guess four years late is better late than never, maybe. But I mean, they, you know, they anybody else because he's not ceding everything to them. And actually he was assaulted last week when he was dining in a restaurant. So they're going after him eventually. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is the, the game that the mainstream Democrats are playing with. Um, and uh, they have had a convenient excuse in sharing, having a shared enemy in the Trump administration. But th- those days are limited now. Um, and I, I can promise that the violence that we saw in 2020 will continue. And it takes a very, very small spot for us to see more interactions like we saw last year because all the other underlying variables are still there. We're talking to, uh, to Andy No um, in his upcoming book called Unmasked. I urge you to get it. Um, I've got about a minute and a half left for, for an answer to this question, Andy. Um, but there are a lot of people that will listen to you or to me or others and 
They all like, I know the problem. I know how big it is. And they can see what's coming their way. Uh, and that's, I think, one of the reasons. And there are many reasons, but no excuses for violence. But people have, feel like they are being backed in a corner and they have nothing else to do, which is incorrect. But what do you suggest? What do you... I think any kind of violence is giving the left exactly what they want. But what can people do? You know, this is a, a question I've been wrestling with uh, myself in the course of writing this book and just sort of watching helplessly as my city was, was burnt and other American cities were uh, burnt to the ground. Um, and I'm not sure if I have an, an answer for that, sadly. I was and remain a very strong believer in American institutions. But when you're looking at how, uh, let, let's say at local levels, how corrupt things can be that allow violence to, political violence to so plainly operate and people who law enforcement actually apprehend are getting their charges immediately dropped just as a matter of policy. And it's not just unique to Portland that you see that. You see that in Seattle, in San Francisco and other uh, a lot of these, a, a lot of these places, this is where the um, uh, the prosecutors have been getting their support from uh, from uh, George Soros. That's where he puts his money. Where the people exactly. that are, yeah. So I, I guess I would just say that you know, conservatives, uh, freedom lovers, we need to get better at organizing. And this, and my criticism is not so much at the grassroots level. It comes from conservatives who are in positions of power, who are so afraid of how the media will treat them that they will do, um, they will throw their constituents under the bus for um, just to have a nice headline, for example, um, I think. Uh, but um, I, I'm afraid that there are dark days ahead for the yeah. country. I fear those two. Thank you so much, Andy. No, uh, again, the name of his book that that everybody should uh, should get, especially since the left really doesn't want you to. They don't even want it to be printed. Uh, it's called Unmasked, Unmasked, uh, and it is all about what's really happening with Antifa. And uh, please support Andy. You can follow him at Mister Andy. No, that's N G O. I think he should be a Bond villain. I mean, it's just so great. Uh, Mr. Andy No. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Last night, um, I was on Tucker Carlson and I said this. Can't have freedom of speech if you can't have if you can't express yourself in a meaningful place it, this is this is like the germans with the jews behind the wall they would put them in the ghetto well this is the digital ghetto you you can talk all you want jews you do whatever you want behind the wall well that's not meaningful and that's where we are that's where millions of americans will be so last night uh Boy, uh, the American Jewish Committee, the AJC, 
The constant weaponization of history's darkest chapter is deeply offensive and an affront to the six million Jews who perished in the Holocaust. There is no comparison between big tech companies enforcing their community standards and the Holocaust, period. None, period. Apologize, Glenn Beck. Uh, I had Jake Tapper said that you're either a moron or an anti-Semite there that anyone who would believe what I said about the digital ghetto and talk about ghettoization is a moron or an anti-Semite. Well, I wanted to get the guy who actually coined the term. He has said uh, digital uh, ghettoization. I think it's the same thing, uh, but his name is Edwin Black. He was on with me yesterday. He is he has been nominated for a Nobel Prize or his name submitted for a Nobel Prize, a Pulitzer Prize, 11 times, 11 times. Uh, I don't think he's a moron. I don't think he's an anti-Semite. I want to make sure I'm in line with the man I think is one of the greatest Holocaust historians alive today welcome to the program Edward black and thank you for having me glenn uh so edwin i want to make sure because i mean i i think you know me well enough to know how i feel about the holocaust and israel and jews uh, i mean i've won the defender of israel award uh from sheldon adelson it was presented uh to me by Sheldon and Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm serious about these issues. Am I wrong? Did I say something out of context here? No, you didn't say anything wrong. And I think that the um, criticism you've received is quite ill-advised. Um, uh, Ill, Ill <clears throat> uh, I think it's a measure of our times, not a measure of the accuracy of the claim. So uh, here's why you use the word digital ghetto. It's because I coined the term digital ghetto and uh, algorithm ghetto. And I did that uh, in 2018 as the keynote speaker of uh, for Holocaust Day, of the official governor Holocaust Day, speaking in the rotunda of the Michigan State Capitol in Lansing. And I summarized my remarks, including the algorithm and ghetto and the digital ghetto for an editorial, which ran in the Times of Israel and about 30 other papers and History Network News. And I was concerned and I remain even more concerned that the uh, activities of the um, uh, of the oligarchs of digital control are in fact trying to shunt us into digital ghettos. Now I should mention that a ghetto, even though my parents are Holocaust survivors and they used to think it was a Polish word, is actually an Italian word, a Jewish Italian word, uh, which originates from the 16th century from one of the first um, uh, uh, named ghettos, and that was in Venice. And the word comes from, uh, it is um, argued by many that the word may come from uh, the Jewish or Hebrew word get, which is uh, uh, a divorce, but it also means being put aside from or separated from. Um, uh, during the uh, 19th century, the ghettos became much, much worse. And during the Holocaust, 
they became the first step um, along the way toward annihilation for the Jews. This, of course, was facilitated by IBM in its 12-year alliance uh, with the uh, Nazis, which I wrote about in IBM and the Holocaust. Several years ago, uh, after when I was writing my book, War Against the Week, about eugenics um, and uh, genetics, um, the, the word was coined genetic ghetto and was used largely by Hadassah and many others who were seeking legislation that would not permit people to take testing of individuals of their genetic background for the purpose of denying them a um, uh, denying them employment, uh, credit, access to housing, etc. And I believe the genetic ghetto was one of the earliest uh, modernizations of this uh, um, terrible place, ghetto. And of course, my parents were in a ghetto. You use this term because that's exactly what I've observed and what many people have observed. I think that there was nothing um, historic uh, about um, the criticism uh, involving history in the criticism that you received. I think this is just another byproduct of anything that that anyone says is being um, uh, transmogrified and weaponized against them. I am very concerned about the breach of the concept that you do not use Hitler uh, as a criticism, even even though numerous leading Holocaust historians have called Trump a Hitler. And I don't like that. I I have to tell you um, this, this, we can use Nazis. We can use concentration camps. We can use stormtroopers. We can use uh, Trump, uh, you know, or, or uh, Hitler to describe the Trump administration. But you can't ever do it. It is it is so important to me, um, Edwin, that we, you know, the, the phrase never forget doesn't mean don't forget what they did. It means don't forget how we got to the showers and it's the seeds unless you pull those weeds up early and you recognize them no matter which side i mean i would be saying this if the republicans owned uh uh, facebook and google and they were in bed with the government and they were silencing people i would be saying exactly the same thing these are the yes. seeds, now, the a, weeds that start to spread up. And if you don't cut them off early, it's too late. Am I wrong? Well, I, I of course, uh, have seen the misuse of this term by so many of Holocaust terms. I heard Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, the other day call, um, um, make reference to a Kristallnacht, yes. which is something I studied in uh, n- 1938, which involved uh, the murder uh, and imprisonment and burning of many thousand uh, uh, Jewish lives and, and institutions. And also had the, uh, the, um, the army and the police standing by doing nothing, doing nothing. Yes, be- yes, because... Uh, this was one of the best manifestations, Kristallnacht, of the um, of the authorities becoming part 
of the affliction in the worst way. Naturally, that started on January 30th, 1933. Everybody needs to take a breath. When we are talking about a digital ghetto, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about people who wish to silence you. We're talking about people who wish to marginalize others. We're talking about um, corporations that are trying to um, uh, follow the um, uh, uh, the most awesome steps of marginalization. You know, and once again, we're only talking about this for the digital means. It was IBM that made it possible for Hitler to perpetrate the Nazis. That does not mean that this is a Nazi regime or we're, or t- Twitter is part of a Nazi regime. But what it does mean is that high tech was involved in the worst crime in the history of humanity. I've heard people talk about, well, these are private companies. Google's a private company. Twitter's a private company. They're not private companies. They're public companies. And they are owned by all of us. And there's a public interest in these companies abiding by the, by the law. And I believe it was um, Marsh versus Alabama. Am I wrong? In about 1946. Yep. Um, the private companies. Uh, I talked about that last night. Yep. That stated that a private company um, can, cannot engage in illegal uh, activity or improper activity, regardless of its terms and conditions. Yeah, it can't, when it comes example. to the private uh, ownership versus the Constitution, the Constitution always must remain supreme. Um, Edwin, we'll, we'll have you on again. Uh, I'm sorry if, if, if I said something out of turn last night. I don't think I did. I you can... didn't say anything out of turn. The, the out of turn is from my friends, and they know who they are. Uh, tone down the rhetoric. Tone down the rhetoric. If you have a problem, give me a call. You know who you are, and you know who I am. Keep the Holocaust out of this, but we need to look at the steps, and we need to understand that right now people are, 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 are following the step of identification, exclusion and confiscation Jeez. and that's those are bad things that is that is where we want it to stop the purpose of the historian is to look ahead and over the horizon based on what he has seen come before that's why we are here so thank you very Edwin, much for having thank me. you god bless you you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program everything I can uh, as much as I possibly can to teach you about Martin Luther King and nonviolent protests. And I don't think there's anybody in the media who has talked about nonviolence longer and more in depth on commercial airwaves than me could be wrong, but I bet you almost in American history, that might even be, that it might even stand up to be true. Preachers, certainly. But commercial airwaves, 
I don't think anybody has. Now I think many are try, are beginning to understand why I tried to lay that found foundation. I have told you since September 11th, I have this feeling that you are going to be the group of people that will, in the end, save the republic. I've always believed that. I don't know how it is saved. It might just be preserved in our hearts and in sections. I don't know. But I believe it now. I never wanted us to get to this. I mean, everything I've done is to prevent us from getting here. But everybody is so politically tied to their side that no one will let their shields down and actually listen to one another. And we're at that desperate point now. You are equipped to save the Republic because you at least hopefully have a fundamental understanding of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and you understand at least a basic understanding of American history. More importantly, what makes this audience so phenomenal is that it is the most generous and service-minded audience of any show in America and perhaps the world. That's part of what continues to be so frustrating about the Capitol invasion last week. Because you're being maligned. You. I know who you are. This is the most peaceful, generous, loving, God-fearing, authentic patriotic audience in America and you are frustrated and you are tired of being hit in the face and called bigot and everything else no matter what you do I know I know <laughs> I've been called an anti-semite just in the last 24 hours by everybody unjustly I get it you are now being tainted by the actions of complete imbeciles who do not represent you and i it's not fair but that's the hand that we're being dealt and god's in charge he is not surprised we know the left's current tactics fail in the long run silencing canceling taking away rights these are the hallmarks of regime after regime after marxist regime on the ash heaps of history now china is still there because they have taken the so-called free market, which is not free. They took the capitalist system and they combined it with their Marxist utopia. And I don't know what's going to happen to the people over there, especially seeing that our high tech has joined them to weed out the dissidents. It's not inevitable that we join them. And it is going to require us to take a stand just not in the way that most people, especially if they're angry, think is most effective. Look at the ratings of BLM. 78% of Americans at the beginning of the summer thought that they were swell. That number is in the low 20s now. Why? Because violence doesn't work. I don't know if you saw the Fellowship of the Ring. But do you remember, if you did, when Frodo says, I, 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 I don't want to do this. He's, he's, he's lamenting having to face down the evil. And he's just one guy. 
I'll never forget, because it was right after 9-11 that that movie came out, I'll never forget Gandalf's reply. Gandalf said, So do we all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what we are going to do with the time that is given us. We can't decide what others are going to do. We can't control the dangerous Orwellian darkness that seems to be descending on America. All we can control, read Man's Search for Meaning, is our response and strive to lead by example. And by the way, if you know anyone in your sphere of influence who might be planning to attend one of these armed rallies in the coming days, beg them not to go. Do everything you can to stop them. That is not the way to take a stand. It does not protect anything that you hold dear. It will endanger the republic. It is what the other side wants. Darkness. Watch Star Wars. Yes, give in. Embrace your hatred. Don't do it. But Glenn, how do we take a stand? First thing I need you to do today, help lower the temperature. Next week and beyond. It has been so hard for me not to respond to people on Twitter today um, who have called me every name under the sun because I quoted the leading Holocaust historian last night on Tucker Carlson. But see, that wasn't an attack on me. That was an attack on Tucker. If you can scare the guests from coming on to Tucker, you destroy Tucker. That's what they're doing. That wasn't an attack on me. That was an attack on him. Do not vent your anger on social media. At this point, it is probably just going to get your account shut down. I want you to write this down. I want you to keep this in front of you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. That means something today, much more than it did six months ago. Blessed be the peacemakers. Be a peacemaker. You have to stay plugged in, and this is the hard part. You can't disconnect because things are moving too rapidly. You must stay plugged in. But I want you to reach out to someone in kindness on social media. Encourage someone. Do not engage with the darkness. Be the light in the corner of your world instead. You need to be a leader for what is to come. And I know I'm asking you almost the impossible. I know you're angry and frustrated, and it is gut-wrenching to feel like you're powerless to stop your nation from what you believe is sliding into the abyss. And I believe it, too, with everything in me. I wish I was wrong. I hope that I am. I pray that I am. But know this. You are not powerless. You are not voiceless. You may be the voice, the only voice that anyone hears. Voices like mine will go away. I am... I am trying to think of how I can, what I need to share with you before, and God forbid, if that ever happens. 
because I cannot live with myself if I was talking about something stupid politically and I find my voice silenced and then saying, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have told them this. You wield more power than you know, not because of your vote or being able to call your congressman. You're more powerful than you know because you understand the real problem in America. The real problem in America is not political. It is spiritual. And until we are humbled, when you get angry and you're like, I'm going to take this into my own, you are not being humble. You think you'll fix it. Everything is happening to us because we are an arrogant, out-of-control people. We must humble ourselves. Please. You have the skill and the strength to endure the fiery darts that are going to come your way or already are. But this is a problem with our heart. You cannot reach someone's head without capturing their heart. And no one is going to capture anybody's heart through violence. Start in your own home and then reach out. And if you're able, serve your neighbor. If you can, serve your local community. You must be a beacon of light in a very dark place. Na, 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 na.